Hello and welcome to D&D Tonight! I've been recording my attempts to play Dungeons & Dragons with my family since May of 2017. I'm a novice games master with most of my experience coming from three of my friends who DM'd games over about six months before I started to play this game as a way to keep in touch with my family. You'll have to forgive any mistakes I make along the way, both rules and recording-wise. These first few episodes are pretty rough, but they do get better. Last week on our family's game of Dungeons and Dragons. We fought some skeletons. And that was about it. <laughs> and that was about it. But if I remember correctly, we did kill said skeletons and then some spooky stuff started to happen. I completely forgot about this. Yeah, just trying to handle the glowing thing. <laughs> there was there was a glowing green thing in the corner, wasn't there? So, Merlin threw a firebolt at this medallion in the corner on this little statuette, and it cracked, and the room seemed to scream. Yes. And I think John said, stay on your guard, it may not be over yet. So, Merlin, you have no level one spell slots left. I listened back to the original thing. You cast Mage Armor, which increases your armor class, and then you cast Magic Missiles twice, and that's your three spell slots. But I also went through and decided to allocate Inspiration. So on the first page of your character sheets... In the top right-hand corner, there's a little bubble next to, uh, called uh, next to a word that says inspiration. So Merlin, you get inspiration because I love that you grabbed the torch off the front of the crypt. Or the mausoleum. I thought that was great. So you get inspiration for that. Ghost killer. Ghost seeker. Ghost slinger. Yes, ghost slinger. You get uh, inspiration for stealing the teacup, because I thought that was brilliant. Uh, and, ah, stupid thing. It keeps auto-correcting your name, Asharas. Uh, and Asharas, you get inspiration because I believe you have killed more things in the crypt than anyone else. Now, what inspiration does is if you are planning on doing a thing that is very cool and you don't want it to fail you can roll two d20s instead of one and take the highest. So if something is important to you and you want to succeed, go ahead and use your inspiration. Now, a lot of people don't allocate inspiration as often as the book says, based on the podcasts I've listened to. So it actually says in there, per session, basically everybody's meant to get inspiration again. So there's a variant that I really like. Uh, where you guys can award inspiration to each other. And I kind of like that. So somebody does something that you think is cool, uh, just speak up and say that that deserves inspiration. And I will make the decision as to whether or not you can have inspiration for that. But you can only have inspiration one at a time. So if you already have it, you can't get it again. But you could use it in such a cool way 
that I will instantly re-reward you for using your inspiration. So don't worry about holding on to it. You can get inspiration relatively easily. You just have to do something that everybody thinks is clever. Does that sound reasonable? All right. You guys aren't in combat. I think that Ghost Slinger got healed by Asharis before, at the end of the fight. Merlin, you know that the thing in the corner is terrible and evil. And you just threw a firebolt at it, and it screamed. What do you want to do? Well, we're cracked, and if we don't kill it, we're just going to, it's going to keep throwing out those skeletons. So I'm going to need help here. Can anybody help me? I've already used up my, uh, my fireball. You can still do uh, all of your cantrips, which are... a above your level 1 spells, so like mage-handed stuff, but um, you can't use magic missiles or shield. Well, I can't imagine what mage-hand would help me do. I mean, smack him around. <laughs> then he turns into sands from undertone. So, uh, let, uh, lay out kind of uh, how, how the party is in the room. Where's everybody at? I know... That um, uh, Ghost Slinger was kind of, uh, I'm going to say, knelt down uh, and a little bit worn out, but Asharis has has kind of healed her up, patched her up, thrown some bandages on, and so the two of them are together. I'm going to say off to the right of the room, maybe, and then this uh, glowing green medallion with, with uh, bright cracks in it. Uh, is in the corner on a statuette in the far back right-hand corner of the room, and Merlin, you're kind of standing in the middle, uh, and maybe um, John is uh, is is with you in the middle of the room, uh, and he looks uh, across at the the cracks in the amulet, and he says, "We need to deal with that." Right. Do we need to do like a history check? Merlin. Kind of did that last time, and he found out that it is extremely evil, and he is correct that he needs to kill it, or it will continue to corrupt this area. And you guys, you, you're sent here to deal with it, and you have the adventuring prowess to deal with it. You just have to decide how you're going to go about destroying it. Things. Bells, long distance. What if we get too close to it? Well, what do you want to do? Are you going to get close to it? Do you have any long distance stuff? You don't want to go touch it? For once, they don't want to touch something. Well, good Let's Let's longbow it. Longbow it! We know! Alright, so... A is going to stand up over top of one of these caskets in the room, kind of maybe obscuring yourself partly behind it because you don't know what's going to happen. And as you as you draw back your bow and take aim towards this crystal in the corner, there is another terrible screech. And this ghastly purple specter 
comes shooting out of the wall straight at you. That's another word for ghost. Is she gonna get possessed? So, I want you to roll a d20. If you roll higher than five, I'll say that you maintain your composure and loose your bow at it. Seven. It's higher than five. It's close, though. It's close. So go ahead and roll a an attack. Uh, D20. Everything is a D20. Well, because it's a weird die that you've never seen before. They look... They look like this. Oh, no! It's a 20! Alright, so... Yeah, what is your bow, damage-wise? Did we write that down on your sheet? Attack bonus. Uh, so, your attack... Bonus is six. What is its damage? Uh, piercing. Is it 1d6 piercing? No, it's like an eight. Piercing. Heavy. Oh, crud. It's a longbow. Yeah, it's a two-handed heavy weapon. Uh, okay. Uh, it's double the number of dice because you rolled a natural 20. So, uh, you get to roll 2d8 instead of one. Six and a five. Six and a five. So that is an eleven. Right off the get-go. Okay. That is your surprise. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a chance to do something. Because it doesn't look that great. So... I keep getting attacked by stuff. I might need your health potion here soon, Jessica. <laughs> You're not taking me. <laughs> I healed you! What is your armor class, Asharis? Fifteen. Uh, it is going to fly, uh, finish flying towards you as the arrow passes through it on its way to you. It screeches louder than before, and it reaches out a purple-clawed, immaterial hand and grabs onto your shoulder, dealing ten necrotic damage. And I need you to roll a constitution saving throw uh, on a d20. I have no idea how much health you had left, but you just took ten. Oh, no! The d20 is twelve. Okay, you're good. Okay, yeah, you're good, but you fall unconscious on the floor next to this creature. This is terrible. Well, you fell to zero. You fell to zero hit points, so you fall unconscious as it drains the life from your body. Hey, you're not dead. You're not dead. You're not dead. Uh, this is actually good. Um, uh. You're not dead, you're unconscious. So, because the gods have great plans for adventurers in the future, when you fall unconscious as a player character, you don't die. Instead, you start with, start taking what's essentially a 50-50 roll uh, uh, for a death save. 
So on your character sheet, next to maximum hit points, there's a little box that says death saves with three successes and three failures. After three failures, you die. Uh, after three successes, you're stabilized and you don't lose any health. I have medical... If someone rolls a medicine check on you, they can stabilize you. Or if they heal you, like with a health potion, like if they give up their action to use a health potion, then uh, you start from zero hit points and get back up. From zero and work your way back up. I got medical marijuana. Yeah, so like if you'd have taken, if you'd have, if you had like negative five uh, and somebody gave you a health potion, you start at zero and then count up for how many the health potion heals you. So, could a roll initiative for uh, Ghost Slinger, who is still alive, as well as Merlin, who is, well, not alive, still conscious, uh, as well as Merlin, who is still conscious. Uh, what does Ghost Slinger roll on a d20 for initiative? Give me d20. Yes. Plus three. I need a d20 to roll to add to that. Oh my gosh, Mom, I told you to give me a d20. Just for goodness sake. I'm gonna have to buy that girl some dice. Oh, 12 plus 3, that's 15. Uh, and then I'm gonna roll for the ghosty. Oh, man. Okay, I have to roll off. Let me see. Roll another d20, Jessica. And roll more than a 6. Jessica. Yes, what? Ghost Ligger. I need you to roll a d20 for me. Yes. It just means I'll be dead. Uh, no, it doesn't mean you'll be dead. Crud. I'm gonna give it to you, because you have the higher initiative. Or the, the higher initiative modifier. So, you are right next to down to Sharis, and you have a health potion, so you could use your action to get her back up, or you could strike at this creature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks like it definitely hurt from uh, the piercing attack, but it did go right through it, so it doesn't look like it hurt as much as you expected it should. I mean, like, it's a ghost. How do you but you did do damage to it. You can definitely see a hole where your arrow went through it. So, Ghost Slinger, what are you going to do? Uh, you just saw this ghost drain the life from your friend right next to you. It's not even close to your face. <laughs> okay, she's gonna save me. Okay, so you pull out a this little health potion vial from in your bag, and you kneel down next to Asharis, and you you hold her head and pour pour this this healing potion uh, into her mouth, and, and she, she starts to wake starts up. To leave the room. So I think, I think, where you go? There it is. I think it's two, uh, two d four plus two. So she gets back nine uh, hit points. Okay. And she gets back up. Uh, unfortunately, this big evil-looking beastie right next to you—it's their turn. And what the big evil-looking beastie's gonna do... Oh, I forgot to roll one. Oh, my goodness! What the big evil-looking beastie's gonna do, because I totally forgot, is it's going to suddenly find itself 
slammed into the nearby casket that Asharis was hiding behind as John barrels across the room and runs into it. Well then. Pinning it against the wall. That's a brave man there. And as he does, he's going to say, You're not going to kill these ones too! Revenge. Uh, and I gotta roll. I gotta roll a die for this. That's not great. Roll ten. But as as he pins it against the wall, it passes right through him and charges after Merlin. What's Merlin gonna do? But Merlin. Merlin, shall we? Having having seen what it did to Asharis when it touched him, her, Merlin deftly evades the attack, jumping to the side. And then it's gonna be Merlin's turn. I'm gonna do the thunder Mom, wave. you has nine... You can't do the thunder wave. That's a level one spell. How do I know? Uh, it says level one spells right by it. <laughs> so on your sheet, there's where it says spell level one. Right above that, there's one that says zero and cantrips. Those are the ones you can do. So the only attack spell that you know that's a cantrip is Firebolt. You can throw a Firebolt at it, or you can hit it with your quarterstaff. Well, I'm going to hit it with a quarterstaff right away, because it's, it's, it didn't give me a chance to do anything. Also, also this... Uh, okay. Anyway, what does the energy blast from you? It doesn't say anything about level one. Alright, so you see where it says, Wave of Energy blasts out from you. Go up. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, so the numbers? Yeah, so you see where at the top it says one, and then slots total three? Yeah. So you can't do any of those. You have to go up some more, and that's where it says Firebolt, which is 1d10. Because it's instantaneous and I can use it over and over. Uh, it is instantaneous, and you can use it over and over. But this thing is right next to you. So, if you do that... Yeah, if you do Firebolt, you'll do it at disadvantage, so I'll have to roll two dice and take the lower. If you use the stick with two hands, it's 1d8 instead of 1d10, but it won't be at disadvantage. Okay. So Merlin is going to reach out with his stick and... Oh. And try to whack it. But it's going to dodge out of the way at the last minute uh, as it finishes charging across the room. Uh, in, re- in relation to what the dice tell me, it should, it should happen next. So that happened. That happened. You got back up. It's going to be Asharis' turn, who is back up with nine hit points. No problem. It's a long way for me. So you're on the ground. You have to take half your movement to stand up, which will drop your speed to 15, but this room is not that big. You can probably just catch up to it. You also had your bow out, but I'm going to assume that your bow is kind of laying next to you, and you can very easily pick up your swords instead of your bow. Okay, so Asharis is going to run across the room, I'm assuming shouting some kind of battle charge. I like it. Now roll me a d20 for the first attack. Five. <laughs> well, the five is terrible, but what's your plus to that? What's your dexterity modifier plus your proficiency? Dexterity is four. Okay, getting close. 
plus your proficiency is two, puts you at eleven. You just barely miss it as it turns to see you shouting your battle charge at it. And you can still strike with your second uh, second sword. Yeah, you'd hate for me to have to change my flavorful text. Okay, so what do I do now? To uh, roll the... Uh, it's a, yeah, roll another d20. That gets better. 10 plus your 6, that's 16. Your second sword swing comes around and cleaves it across the chest to roll damage. Plus your dexterity modifier. I'm rolling the D6, right? Hey. Yes. <laughs> Alright. So that's this number. It's looking pretty bad, but it moves to Ghost Slinger's turn. Well, my name is Ghost Slinger for a reason. Ooh. I'm going to run. Okay, I'm opening the ring. Uh, what do you want to do, Ghost Slinger? You are holding your short sword and dagger, and you, being a sneaky sneaky type, do not shout as you quietly make your way around this room and jump out at this specter from the, uh, from the other side of Merlin, which is totally not where it saw you last, and you strike at it. Uh, roll me a d20 for your first, uh, first attack. Eight. Eight plus your dexterity modifier? Two. Uh, plus your proficiency. So eight and five is... Thirteen. That's good enough. You make contact with it. Your sword feels heavier as it passes through this, uh, this, this immaterial specter. Uh, roll damage. Six. Plus your... Three. Dexterity modifier. Okay. Do you want to describe how it does? At least a few times. <laughs> okay. So Ghostslinger quietly and quickly makes her way around the room and jumps out from the far side of Merlin. And as Asharis strikes this thing across the chest, Ghostslinger takes both her sword and her dagger and plunges them into the specter from behind, and it immediately explodes out with purple energy and disappears. And you see the the green glowing in the corner from the this amulet slowly start to get dimmer and dimmer as it pulses, and then eventually it winks out. It is dead. So, John... Looks around at you, and he, he's gonna say, Wow, you guys, you guys are really something. You are way more than just humble, uh, palace guards. You are way more than, than even the, the knights that, that we, we have in white. I, I've never seen anything quite like that in, in battle. <laughs> do you, uh, do you say that, Ghost Slinger? You wanna offer for him to come with you? So how, what do you, what do you say? Bro, want to come with us on this cool, crazy adventure, bro? I will, I will totally go back with you to Brentwood Manor to, to tell everyone how impressive you, you were in, in destroying the evil of this crypt. He, he's gonna, uh, put up his hand to give you a high five. 
Alright, so what do you guys want to do now? I'm going to go be a radical bro in the corner. <laughs> I want to get back to the fireplace. Actually, I want to go steal another teacup. <laughs> Alright, so you guys going to start heading out of the crypt? Well, that was the that's the the last room, uh, the the deepest into the crypt that it goes. Look at my map. Yeah, that's that's that was the last room. So as you as you went in there, okay, as you look around this room, there's there's evidence of battle all around this room. There's the the dead body of skeletons and zombies. There's these caskets around you. A few, uh, uh, several of them now don't have lids on. There's, there's rubble from the, the lids exploding as the skeletons had burst out. Are you, do you want to look around this room that you're in for treasure? Well, you definitely know that the amulet that was on the statuette in the corner is magic. Alright, so Merlin, Merlin is going to walk over to the amulet on the statuette. And how are you going to go about taking it? Okay. The spectral floating magic hand reaches over and cautiously picks up this this dark amulet inset in gold, uh, and nothing happens. You just it picks it up and it's floating in front of you. Alright, you're gonna put it Hmm? I do see your map. I was going to go out the Which way. door? According to you. Yes. Yes. So are you going to put that amulet in your backpack? I am. It becomes part of my... Uh, Alright. So, you do know it's magic, but you also know it's exceedingly evil. Great! You're going to pull us off! And it, it, it does have gold in it. And that... As, as you look around the room, uh, you don't see anything else that appears to be like, gold laying around, everything else looks like it's funeral effects and things that belong in the crypt. So, essentially, you could open up caskets and look inside, uh, but anything you'd find in there would theoretically belong to the occupant of that casket. <laughs> oh, and I, I do want to say, Jessica, I let you... I actually encouraged you to uh, kind of steal... Totally fine, but you are friends uh, with Asharis and Merlin. You know that you like them, so stealing from them you can do, but they are your friends. So just want to get that out there. <laughs> Wait, what? What? I'm, she's not on camera. I can't see her face. This drawing that I'm drawing, and then when you said I could steal from them, I was like. <laughs> You can steal from them, I'm saying that now. But they are your friends. If you make them mad, they may not want to be your friends anymore. Because nobody nobody likes it when uh, somebody steals from them. You guys are a group. You've uh, adventured together before. So they essentially trust you as a friend. And if you were to steal things from them of value, they wouldn't be very happy about it. If you steal things from other people that maybe deserve to have things stolen from them, greedy shopkeepers, for example, then they would think that's cool. All right? So as you guys go to head back out of, of this room and go back up to the surface, John kind of goes on with his explanation of how they came to be in the crypt. Uh, and he explains that 
him and Conway were sent by Lord Taylor of White to clear the crypt, uh, and they were overwhelmed, which you already know, and falling back, and then Conway closed him into that casket to keep the zombies from being able to get to him since he was already injured. And he'll, he'll explain that the squires wouldn't normally be sent on this kind of mission. They're not really um, high enough skill to take on something this dangerous, but all the kind of, a lot of stuff's been going wrong recently in the area. Like, there's there have been animal attacks that they've been having to deal with, and there have been goblin raids on the surrounding villages in white, and so all the knights were kind of drawn out into the into the realm to to help to try and protect the the citizens of of the the realm of white. So they didn't really have any further resources to spare knights to send out here, and Conway and John volunteered to do it as a gesture of good faith for uh, the, the manor of uh, the, the Lord of Brentwood. And uh, only John's going to make it out. That's right. Uh, so as you guys leave, you, you walk back past that door that's closed in the main hallway. If you remember, you chose to go, I, I believe it was left instead of right, and you didn't open that door. What was that? The right. So no. John asks, hey, did you guys did you guys clear this room? Oh, well, we should probably make sure that there's nothing in there, because I, I mean, I wouldn't want to go back to the, back to the manor and tell them it's all clear, and then they come over here and find something, uh, a skeleton, uh, down this passageway. I mean, like, don't be... He's, he's gonna go over to the door, and, and grab the door handle, and he's gonna kinda look at the party, uh, look back at you guys, and he's gonna... He's going to kind of brace himself against the door, and he's, he's like, holding it, ready to pull the door open. He says, you guys ready? Yeah. All right. And he'll fling the door open and step out of the way. What's on the other side? And nothing will happen. Inside this, this little room, you see uh, two bodies on the floor. You see, like, a workbench in the far end of the room. It's not a very big room. We'll say it's, like, 8 by 10, you know, bedroom-sized, maybe. There's some shovels on the floor... There, you see some crowbars sitting on the workbench. Pottery shards are kind of strewn about the room. There's a couple buckets. So what do you, what do you want to do? Check the bodies. So Ghost Slinger kind of quietly makes her way into the room and investigates the body, and she finds that they are zombies that aren't moving. Well, they're just they're dead. Here. Would you like to roll me an investigation check? Obviously. So, D20. 17. <laughs> a 17? That's funny. That's exactly what Merlin rolled. That's good enough. Uh, as you're kind of looking around this room, kind of investigating what was going on, Merlin, you notice that the uh, the backside of the door that John opened is, is clawed up. Like, the zombies that were in this room were, were kind of beating on it and scratching at it, trying to get out. As as Asharis is looking at the bodies and realizes they're they're dead, they're not moving, but they don't have any wounds on them. It doesn't look like anybody killed them. You guys kind of together realize that when the amulet was destroyed, the evil presence that was infecting this place uh, was destroyed with it. <laughs> they basically died of natural causes. So there's a there's some some other stuff in this room. There's a couple of, of cabinets and stuff that aren't open. 
Everything else looks kind of ransacked. Like I said, there's um, some some pottery shards kind of strewn about the place. Look like maybe there were some uh, flower planters that were being worked on in here before they got smashed. Uh, and there's kind of some stuff strewn about as these zombies tried to get out. And maybe the um, the groundskeeper managed to get lucky when this whole thing first started and locked the door closed. Or actually, I guess I, it wasn't locked, but he managed to close the door and the zombies were too stupid to know how to get out. So there's cabinets that aren't open? Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's the a couple cabinets hanging around. If there's any money, I'm taking it. Alright, you open the cabinets and you kind of find some basic hand tools. There's a, a little... Um, We'll say there's a little, uh, like a wet skin, like a water skin in there, and uh, a small lantern with uh, a hat on it, kind of like a, a railway lantern, so it's directional. Yeah, we need the lantern. No, I want the hat. It's not a hat, it's a hat for the lantern. I'll wear it. <laughs> yeah. It keeps, it keeps the water out of it. So are you gonna, are you gonna check out the, the wet skin too, or are you just gonna leave it there? Oh, wish there's anything in there. Mm. Uh, it does have stuff in it. it. It does appear to be full. Okay, so you pop open the top of this water skin, and you sniff at it, and it's definitely not water. It's lamp oil. I was thinking something else. Booze. Okay. We'll need that. Okay, so we need the lantern. The hat. If we find any hats that we can buy, I'm buying a hat. <laughs> Yay! Okay. When you go back to town, you can get a hat. And so that that's it. There, There's nothing else in there uh, that's of, of particular interest. It looks like uh, you guys have checked out every corner of the crypt now, and there doesn't seem to be anything left to uh, to fight against you. Yep, everything is dead. So as you leave... You're leaving all the doors open and stuff that that are down there. Do you want to do you want to close the door on the on the mausoleum as you leave? I'm gonna also make the assumption that you guys picked up all your gear when you were dropping it in the heat of battle, yeah, giving people right. back their hammers and crowbars, etc. So you guys you guys start the walk back into town. When do we get paid? Apothecaries. <laughs> uh, well, you're walking back into town now. Uh, it's. Is that where the health potion was? No, that was an Oscar's store. It, it was called Oscar's store. Yeah, that was the apothecary. Okay, it was the apothecary called Oscar's store because it's Oscar's apothecary. I won my hat still. Alright, it's still the same day. You did only take the potions that he had right then. But as... As you're talking about going back to the apothecary to try and, and pick up some more health potions since you had to use one of the ones that you got, John's going to pipe up and, and he's going to, uh, to to pull out a little vial of pink liquid and, and offer it to you. Tiny man. <laughs> he says, well, me and, me and Conway, we, we got health potions, but, you know, we didn't follow that, that, number one, that number one rule, you know, of health potions to ask... Exactly, Oscar. He warned us. Yeah, he 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 did say. I thought that was uh, and, and poor John. Uh, I guess I guess he. Oh yeah, poor Conway. He didn't he didn't quite get enough time before uh, he was overwhelmed. Reminds me. So okay, you guys are gonna head back into town. I have lost where I'm at. Are there any animals? There we go. Are there any hats? Yes, there are animals. Now that the the 
the kind of presence that you found inside the crypt is, has lifted. You see lots of lots of small animals around. You see you can hear birds chirping in the trees nearby. You can hear insects buzzing around in the gardens around the crypt and, and throughout the graveyard. You see a small dog kind of running between the graves. Okay, you see a small abbey dog running through the uh, the, the the graveyard uh, gravestones. And everything in general just seems to be a little bit brighter in the world. Well, do you want to go back to the manor now? Because they were talking about going back to the apothecary, but it's the same day. He's going to have the same stuff he had before, and you already took all the other... <laughs> Ghost Slinger really wants a hat. Well, let's go back up to the pub, I guess. Oh, going to have a hat either. Well, the pub's not going to have a hat. On your way back to town... Well, it's Oscar's store... And he's got a general selection of stuff, because that's how little towns are. Kind of, they had everything. He's the drugstore and store. So, uh, on your way back through town... Actually, as you get back into town, you are the only ones that have come back from the direction you're coming from. So you kind of see, very quickly, people start to poke their heads out of buildings. They're kind of anxious, but all happy to see you. It's it's nearly dark now. You were down in the crypt for for basically the whole day. And you were down the, you were down in the crypt basically the whole day. Uh, they see that you've got a squire with you, which that you didn't have. So they're hopeful that you've returned successful from your your mission. Uh, but at the same time, they're all anxious because they can see the state of you. They see blood on your clothes. They see that you've you've been wounded and bandaged back up. They can tell that. John does not look very fresh. He he was down there a long time. On your way back towards the manor, you are going to pass the store again if you wanted to pop inside and ask uh, Oscar if uh, he happens to have any hats. Okay, so as you walk in, a little uh, little bell rings as you open the door, and Oscar pipes up and he says, Oh, hello again! Welcome back! I trust your day wasn't wasn't too rough on you. Well, here he'll open uh, a cabinet back behind the counter, and on the on the inside of the cabinet door, there's there's uh, there's there's let's say two hats hanging on the cabinet door, and then there's little shelves with uh, a third hat on it and some small uh, small bottles for making potions and stuff. What kind of hats are you looking for, little girl? I'm sure he has a trilby hat because that's exceedingly British. He might have a beret, and what else kind of hat would you like? And absolutely, the last hat, the one sitting on the shelf, kind of tucked back in the, in the cabinet, is a fedora. What color is your new fedora? It is red. Do you see uh, any any hat that uh, strikes your fancy? And he'll he'll grab out the red one and pull it down. He'll say, "Oh, well, then, yeah, hopefully." You've you've cleared the problems at the crypt, yes? Uh, well, then this one's on me. Thank you ever so much. And he he'll ha- pass you the red fedora. I got my hair. And I'm going to imagine, just because of the hilarity of the situation, that Asharis and Merlin are standing at the door, kind of rolling their eyes, wondering why the sudden new fascination with a hat. But as you you stroll out of there wearing your new hat and just kind of brush past them and march confidently back towards the manor. The reason I wanted a hat is because I wanted to make the 
it, I didn't want it to be that serious, so I just wanted to get a hat. Because it was serious for like the past two days that we've been doing this, so... Yeah, all, all the fighting was too serious. Oh, yeah. Asharis almost no, died. It was gonna be Merlin, but, uh... So you wanted I rolled so bad, I couldn't make it happen. <laughs> no, Merlin didn't get hit the entire time. It was his turn. But I rolled, like, a four. So I was like, well, you get out of the way. <laughs> I, you didn't get hit at all, did you, Merlin? You never took damage? <laughs> God. Yeah, so... I, I, I was worried... I was worried that Asharis was gonna feel like I'm picking on her. Uh, and I didn't want her to feel like I'm picking on her. That is an interesting question. Nothing would stop you from going to the manor the next day. You guys could take a short rest, which would be like an hour. It would give you time to grab a, a, a drink at the pub, and you would recover uh, hit dice. So next to your health, there's a box called hit dice. Uh, you have two hit dice for the day, and when you take a short rest, you can use them to recover health. I believe you get your hit dice plus your constitution. So I don't think Merlin has to because he didn't take any damage, but... The neighbor? Yep. <laughs> I thought we were talking about health. Oh, you mean Lord uh, Lord White? The Brentwood Crest and neighbor, Mr. White. And I'd like to try to smooth that out before we go. I assume that's where we're going. Because today, today here in Tampa, there was a trouble between two houses and they stabbed five people and killed one. <laughs> so we got to smooth these things out. Oi. Uh, so... Do you guys want to take an hour to to grab a pint at the pub, which would be free of charge because you're still working for um for the the Brentwood Manor? Lord, you're you're still working for Lord Reginald, so you would you would have his his favor uh, while you're in town, and especially as you're coming back with the yeah, you're coming back with John, the one of the missing squires, as well as the good news that tonight. Uh, there will be no disturbance in the crypt. Alright, yes, let's do it. Alright, so you guys take a breather. Basically, by the time your hour comes to an end, the, uh, the tavern is crammed full. Everyone in town is there, kind of celebrating, celebrating the good news of, of your triumphant return to town, kind of drinking to your health as you guys, uh, take your hour to rest and recover. Yeah, you can roll uh, any number of them. You can roll one or all of them uh, to recover health. Shasta! Oh yep. my gosh! No, 2d10. On 2d8, you rolled a 7. Well, I rolled a 6. On 2d10, you rolled a 7? Constitution! Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Yeah, exactly. That's bad. It's a good thing you're not in the middle of a dungeon or anything. <laughs> yes. Uh, did uh, did Ghost Slinger take any damage? Does she need to roll? Uh, probably, but you never know what uh, terrible things could await you. Plus your constitution seven, but you only need five, so you're like I said. Oh, actually, I guess on 2d10, uh, since you only have however many hit points, that's not that bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. Alright, 
So uh, everybody's kind of patting you on the back and, and you know, merrymaking and singing songs. And, and there's a bard who's, who's up, on the, uh, up in the, the corner toasting your greatness and uh, how, how, how truly awesome uh, adventurers you are and the, the great service you have done uh, for Lord Reginald of Brentwood. You guys, uh, feeling like your spirits have returned and you're, you're, you're hardened again and ready to move on, you wave your goodbyes and tell everyone you'll be back and make out for the manor, uh, under the, the, the twilight of the early evening. He keeps changing hats. It's a game. A hat? What? Oh, well. I'm guessing. How old are you, Jessica? Eleven. Are there any animals, Derek? Uh, roll me a perception check. D twenty plus your wisdom. Is that what it is for perception? I don't know. Plus two. It's whatever perception is. Eleven. Yep. Eleven. Uh, are you are you tri- proficient in uh, perception? Plus two more. Thirteen. You see some, some, as you are leaving the edge of town and approaching the manor, uh, you see some bunny rabbits eating grass in the gardens of the manor, and you see some bats kind of flying around in the, the early evening sky, and maybe a couple of birds sitting in their nest. Maybe even you hear an owl off to the edge of the, um, the gardens near the woods. So it's up to you if you want to detour to the edge of the woods to try and go see this. Some kind of cat. Cat in the Cat ears. Cat ears. I love it. Tiffany dresses for Halloween. She dresses. Oh, I. She goes all the way out. She's probably. Are you working on your Halloween costume yet? I already finished Halloween costume. This is something new. Do you want to get your money, or do you want to get an owl? You go grab your owl, owl and I'll take your share of the money. Oh, alright, no, no. No, I'll give it to you. I don't know about that. Okay, so you're, you're leaving the edge of town. Kind of everybody is still at the, at the, um, at the, at the, the tavern. Partying it up. Now that their, their town has been has been cleansed. Yes. I think uh, Merlin is distracted, but I'll, I'll go ahead. So you see the manor house at the end of a long white cobblestone driveway with gardens on either side of the path and some finely manicured grass uh, and some faint carriage ruts that weren't there in the morning that run the length of the driveway. And as you approach the top of the drive... You can see a carriage that is sitting at the steps of the manor house with a driver already on top of it waiting for someone. Uh, and there's a, a sigil uh, emblazoned on the side. That's a good question. Lord, why? It has a giant, uh, it has a big W on it uh, with some ivy under, underneath it. I, I would have you roll a, um, a check to know if you recognize the sigil of House White. But I made it so obvious that I'm not going to do that. They, they, they have a dispute, these two? 
That is that is what Merlin gleaned from his reading of the latest hunting journals. He's at Reginald's house. Yeah. As you then approach the steps to the manor house, the guard at the door will kind of raise his hand and say, Hail! What? Hail, kind sir, we return it from the crypt. Oh, do you bring with you good news? We bring the best news. Oh, wonderful. Does that then mean that our prayers have been answered? You have rid us of the terrible scourge of the crypt? We are here to see Lord Reginald. Lord Reginald will be exceedingly happy to uh, to hear the news. You'll just have to wait uh, a brief period as an envoy from the, the House White uh, arrived early this morning to inquire as to what had happened to the squires that they had sent over to aid us. And uh, he'll he'll pull the door open. Lord Taylor will see you in the drawing room after the uh, his his meeting with the envoy from Lord White. Isn't that Reginald Taylor? Huh? I thought Reginald was Reginald. That's his first name. No, it's it's Lord, uh, Lord Taylor of White and Lord Reginald of Brentwood. Get over. So we're going. This is a drawing room. What is a drawing room? Um, you again to draw? Yes. A, a fancy lobby. It's where fancy people send other people to wait. That's all I know. Is, that the wall? is there anything of interest in this room? Sure. There is a artistic easel set up on the far side of the room with some uh, oil pastels and a painting that has just been started. So there's a little bit of color on it, but there's uh, lines already drawn on uh, for a beautiful view out the window. That painting is going to cost us hundreds of dollars. No, I'm As you guys go in to the drawing room to sit, roll me a perception check. Merlin is enthused with the, uh, the, the painting that's being uh, worked on in the far side of the room. I have perception and two wisdom, so eleven. So nine. Eleven. How about how about ghost slinger? That's because I get it wrong if I don't. Fifteen plus the. Would you rather I say slinger? Fifteen. Wisdom. Ooh. Minus one for wisdom. Fourteen. Okay, so fourteen. Well, Ghost Slinger, uh, you've gotten along very well with, uh, with John all day. You guys spent, uh, the time in the, in the tavern together, kind of drinking and telling stories and, and regaling tales of what you've done to him. And so you kind of notice when he comes in and sits down in one of the uh, thin chairs that are that are in the waiting room, kind of waiting room chairs. They're not super, you know, fancy like in a library. Uh, you'll notice that he's kind of antsy. He's kind of shuffling his feet a little bit and playing with the the edge of his uh, tunic. Just not super. Yeah, he, he's not sitting still with the confidence of a hero just come back from an adventure. John's gonna, uh, John says, well, um, uh, no, nothing in particular. I, I'm just, um, uh, antsy to get home. If you want to, you can roll an insight. Is that 
obviously a D20. This one's just for Ghost Slayer. Come on. Yes, yes it is. Are you joking me? A six. Adder. What'd you roll? Well then, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just leave it at that. And that, that's all he, uh, he says. So, 15 minutes or so go by, and, uh, at that, after, you know, some time passes, one of the, the servants, uh, will appear at the door. It's, it's a woman who looks very similar to the, uh, the young, the young lady who, who guided you to the library. And she's going to say, Lord Reginald will see you now. As you go to leave the drawing room, you see a thin-figured man wearing a black <laughs> cape that kind of encompasses his arms and makes him look kind of kind of foreboding, like a uh, a politician might. You see who you can only assume is the envoy of Lord White coming the other direction. So the lady is taking you to uh, a large staircase. Sorry, the envoy for Lord White kind of stops when he sees uh, John, and he kind of does a double take. He asks, You there! You're one of my squires! John says, uh, Yes, sir. He's going to... Well, did you complete your mission? And John's going to again say very uh, shortly, Yes, sir. What became of uh, of the other squire? Uh, uh, and John will say, Conway, sir. Yes, yes, Conway. What happened to him? Uh, he 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 didn't he didn't make it out, sir. The envoy will kind of not miss a beat and say, "Oh, uh, sorry to hear that." Uh, but uh, commendations are in order. Funeral services will be uh, arranged. Uh, as well as a celebration in honor of your success. Uh, if you keep this up, you'll make the rank of knight in no time. John will uh, kind of snap his heels together and say, Thank you, sir! And you all can uh, roll an insight check if you'd like. Actually, I'm going to roll insight checks for you. Everyone, what's your insight bonuses? I have it. I don't have it. Uh, insight is a wisdom-based stat. I <laughs> have Ooh. Well, that's gonna feed into it. Uh, you have two wisdom, Asharis? Okay, Asharis, you don't think anything of it. Uh, the conversation just appears to be a subordinate and his superior talking. What's Ghost Slinger's bonus? Okay, so plus one. You kind of raise an eyebrow at it a little bit, thinking something might not quite be on the up and up. And Merlin, you already are suspicious of the Whites because you've read through the um, the hunting journals, and you do not feel like this this envoy is particularly happy that John actually came back alive. If if he is gonna kill them, take him with us. The envoy is going to look over the three of you, and he's going to ask, Well, what did you find inside the crypt? power. Well, yes, of course there were dead bodies. That's what belongs in a crypt. 
What else did you find? Well, did you destroy this yes, evil? Yes, yes, we did. And what was causing it? And the ghost was in the amulet. Hmm. Very troubling. And do you know how to dispose no. of this thing? Did you bring it here? <laughs> Roll a deception check, check Asharis. You're gonna get us killed. Don't you have that, Jessica? <laughs> I should have said it. If Ghostslinger is uh, trained in deception, she can aid your roll, which would give you the ability to roll twice, or you could use your insight. Although, to be fair, you shouldn't be lying, because you don't think anything is on the up and up in this conversation. You're metagaming. So, Ghostslinger, you said no, and you roll me a, uh, a die for deception. I think it's smart that you used your knowledge. You can roll two and take the highest if you want to use your inspiration. Well, no, her character doesn't know. Uh, she does not know that you don't like this situation. And Ghostslinger only faintly recognized that something is off. Uh, what did he ask exactly? If we okay. Sorry, let me get back. Let me get back into character. He's going to... Raise his eyebrow. No, you didn't bring it with you. Ah, uh, then you left it in the crypt. Okay, I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that fly because you already rolled deception. Ah, uh, then what happened to it? You can't leave uh, dangerous artifacts like that laying around, you know. Oh, well, what did you do with it? These things have to be very, very carefully disposed of, or they could come back to haunt you. Yeah, we destroyed it. Ghost slinger is sweating all through. <laughs> You're the, you'll steal stuff, but you can't. <laughs> I don't know how you get rid of an omelet. <laughs> it's an amulet. It sounds like an omelet. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, if you say you destroyed it, then I have no choice but to believe you. After all, you were successful in destroying this thing that my squires couldn't. He's going to brush that off. Uh, and he's gonna say, but you should be careful. Don't toy with force, uh, these dark forces beyond your understanding. Come, Squire John, we must return to white. And he'll turn at, uh, at once, uh, with a, a kind of whiff of his cape and storm out the door. Uh, John is going to do a double take and kind of look at you guys and then look at him as he's leaving and then look back at you guys. The envoy is going to, to uh, stomp his foot smartly. John, come! John's going to follow after him, kind of hesitantly, and look back at you one more time before he leaves. And he'll 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 kind of whisper, I, "I have to," and he'll go. The lady leading you to Lord Reginald, she will have stopped and waited for you during this exchange, and. Seeing that uh, the envoy is leaving, when you turn back to her, she'll say, All right, hurry on then. She'll lead you up the staircase to the second level of the manor to a an office where Lord Reginald was seeing the envoy. She'll open the door and usher you guys in. Lord Reginald will uh, uh, look at the three of you. He'll be standing up in the room, arms open, uh, when you walk in, and he'll say, Ah, 
My faithful adventurers, it is so good to see you again. I've already heard the good news. You've destroyed the, uh, the evil that was inhibiting the crypt of, uh, Brentwood, uh, of the Brentwood family. Uh, I cannot thank you enough. Oh, uh, that's even better news. It's a, a beyond what I even thought was possible. Yeah, I thought those really poor boys were lost for sure. Evil. Well, I suppose there's nothing for it then. Uh, I should, I should very quickly offer you up this reward. There are three bags, uh, canvas sacks, sitting on the uh, on the, the 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 desk next to him, presumably full of gold. And as you guys come up, uh, he will shake your hands individually, uh, thanking you for uh, the great service that you've done for his family and for the honor of his family. He'll let you take the sacks of gold. Now, do be careful. That is a lot of money to have, and it's it's has a habit of attracting um, unmentionables. Unmentionables. So yeah, Desi Dad's drawing more. Uh, Drawing more things. Cave people. Oscar store. I like the way Dad spelled Oscar. That's actually clever. What? Reginald of... While, while you are here, uh, and it's just the four of us, uh, is there anything else I can do for you? That That's not actually Lord White. Uh, that was merely his envoy. Uh, a diplomatic officer that travels between the different houses carrying news. Uh, he had come to inquire as to uh, why his squires hadn't returned yet. It it seemed a little premature to me. They'd only been here for about a week, so they wouldn't even have gotten word that uh, they hadn't been successful. But far be it from me to question Lord White and his wisdom. He's a criminal. Do you say that? Why, why, my fair wizard, what makes you say that? Oh, these are some, uh, some, some very, uh, strong accusations. Do you have any evidence? So, you, you found something in the crypt then? Wait, that's what we did. There was, there was, there was something causing this, this horrible, uh, horrible apparition? That that it infested my family's Hmm. Very troubling. Uh well uh What what became of it? You didn't leave it there, did you? No, I, I have I, I only wish to know what it looks like to see if it's it's maybe something of my family's. I, 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 I do not wish to have it. I wish only for it to be gone from my lands. If it was placed there by a foreign agent, then I must know. What does it look like? Can you show it to me? Okay, let's show it to you. So, put it on the table. Alright, so you pull it out and place it on the table. He'll step back so as not to offend you. Um, because you've expressed desire and not having it taken. And he'll look over it carefully, and he will kind of put his hand on his chin and, and, and look over it, kind of scratching at his, his, his stubble. He'll look at it and go, hmm, that, that is definitely not a piece of my family's history. There's, there's no way that that came to be in the crypt by any one of Brentwood. 
none of my family or anyone here would be in possession of something so hideous. All of our baubles are uh, are silver. Uh, we don't we, we don't the 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 Brentwood family has never worn uh, uh, gold jewelry. Uh, oh, I'm sure a great number of the of the uh, the lordships around here would would be perfectly happy to have gold gold and jewelry. But I don't know anyone in particular, other than pa- perhaps the the White family. I mean, we have had some troubles, but there's I can't believe it would come to something like this. Putting. A cursed artifact in my in my family's uh, eternal place of slumber is is downright there. wicked. Yes. Oh, uh, your the, your uh, the one of the squires that made it out. Uh, I I would assume that that uh, the envoy claimed him. Uh, he is a member of the White family household. I have no say over what they do with their squires. Better for his release. That that should be a possibility. Anyone's service can be procured for the right amount of money. Experiences have you had? Well, the White family and and the Brentwood family have always gotten along, up until perhaps about uh, twenty years ago. Uh, then we we stopped really having communications, and recently it seems like they've they have uh, been trying to sabotage our annual hunt uh, in the woods. Uh, our our lands are adjoined, uh, but it hadn't it hadn't been a problem. We we do not encroach uh, upon their land since they've they have made it fairly obvious that they don't want us hunting there. But there is plenty of land in Brentwood for us to entertain our our. Uh, yes, oh those uh, you have a, a fine eye for fancy arrows. Those have been handed down in my family for generations. We we take one for uh, each each annual hunt, for they are guaranteed. Well, guaranteed as any can be, I suppose. But they won't let you down in a uh, a tight spot. For for how great your service has been to the family, I could see giving you three of them. Oh, I can't imagine his family would have anything uh, as precious as. As our enchanted arrows, uh, I uh, I would not let uh, a member of the White household be unsupervised within this manner. Well, I I appreciate your service, and he'll uh, he walks to the door where the the door is closed. The 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 lady who brought you upstairs is waiting just outside, and he he will crack the door slightly and say, um, "Sally, would you would you mind uh, running down to the uh, to the huntsmaster?" And, and let him know I will need uh, three of the, uh, the the family's enchanted arrows. Yes, yes, the ones with the blue feathers. Thank you. With uh, with that, you'll hear uh, a little yes, and uh, she'll uh, some footsteps uh, echo quickly down the hallway, and he'll close the door again. And we have lemonade, just like uh, the door. Go slow, go slow. Can you shoot an arrow? You expect me to be that trained? I don't think she can. Ashara, 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 do you shoot an arrow? I thought, oh no, she specifically chose. Uh, I thought so, but I didn't know if it was a crossbow or a longbow. Or... You did just see her shoot a specter through the chest with one. Do you think you could 
could shoot one of special arrows. I see you are curious as to um, uh, what what these arrows are that my family uses. Here, let me explain. These enchanted arrows are uh, magic arrows of sure shooting. When you roll an attack using one of these magic arrows, you may re-roll any rolls of a one, which would normally automatically fail to hit. So, these magic arrows will not let you down, even in the toughest times, especially if one of your friends should happen to find one heading for their back. So, uh, most people play that when you roll a crit fail, uh, you either do harm your party, or uh, there's a chance you would harm your party. So, uh, I made up these magic arrows that uh, will allow you to re-roll any uh, automatic failures, which would be when you roll a 1. So, essentially, it makes your chance of hitting uh, 5% better. And they count as magical, which will mean that if something has resistance to piercing damage, they don't get that resistance. The arrow will do full damage instead. So I will take the magic arrows. A little bit of time goes past. The um, Huntsmaster uh, will knock gently at the door. Then Lord Reginald will say, Yes, come in! And the door will open, and the Huntsmaster, who is kind of a shorter, kind of gruff, burly man with a thick black beard, wearing leather armor and leather bracers, uh, he will walk in, holding his hands outstretched in front of him, with three thick, shafted, hefty arrows, with sharpened arrowheads on the ends, and bright blue feathers for the um, quill. And he will hold them out to Lord Reginald, and said, Lord Reginald, you requested... These three arrows! And Lord Reginald will t- reach out a hand and grab them and say, Thank you, Sam. That'll be all. And then Sam is going to run off, uh, back out the door and close the door behind him. Lord Reginald will turn to the party and say, Wizard, here are your magic arrows. I don't know what you'll do with them, but may they serve you well. So you take them, and are you going to... Send them off to sheriff. Keep them, or are you going to pass them off to... Is that protection? Okay. Okay. Lord Reginald is going to say, It only seems fair that I offer to pay your your innkeeper's tab tonight. I feel like a celebration is in order. I will, I will order up the cooks to begin preparing a feast at once, and we will have everyone in town to the manor to celebrate your great success. No, I'm no, We're going to the party, okay? Okay, fine. You're forcing me to be social. Party! You have long hair. Before you leave the room, he will let you, he will direct you. Uh, Merlin, please, if you would, dispose of this amulet. I do not wish to see it again. If you do happen to find out who placed it in my family's crypt, I would be greatly happy. And I would reward you for your efforts. Banana pudding. Banana pudding! Banana pudding! <laughs> the only kind of pudding I actually like. We need cream puffs to look at. Do you think they're cream puffs? <laughs> <laughs> cream puffs. Almost in August. <laughs> okay, so I. Yes, I have the arrows. And I have the ambulance. You guys. Yeah, you guys have been paid. You got the arrows. You're taking the, the, the cursed magic artifact with you. And he's expressed that if you can find out who put it there, okay. he would he would reward you handsomely 
for bringing that person to justice. And he has informed you that there will be a feast, and your night's stay is paid as a as an extra bonus on top of the, the, the payment he's already given you. The feast. What do you want to do now? Uh, yes, the feast would be the next day. All right. As you go to leave, he will wish you all a good night and a long life filled with many more adventures that turn out as successful as this one. It is probably dark by now. It was twilight when you guys were approaching. Mm-hmm. Sure, with you guys, but I'm on guard. <laughs> so as you go to leave the manor, with the servants are, are each going to, uh, that you run into are all going to say thank you. Word travels fast that you were successful and that you did not escape injury during your, your quest. Uh, and they will all wish you well. Ghost Slinger, you notice that the carriage that was at the doorsteps of the manor house is long gone. There was no delay in the envoy heading out and taking John with him. The envoy most certainly would not have given you a ride. However, uh, roll me a d20. Somebody. Uh, we'll call this a flat intelligence roll. Merlin, you're on fire tonight. Was it a natural 20? Alright, you're all on fire tonight. All of you together realize the unusual nature of someone being willing to head out into the night to travel when you know the nearest place is uh, at least three days by carriage. So they're headed out into the dark with no known destination. For some reason. And you all consider that highly unusual that someone would leave town with a perfectly good uh, tavern to stay in. It's dark now! Different animals are out! You've already seen all the animals! There were bats out and an owl! What more dark things do you want? There are no wolves in Brentwood's manor gardens! But, okay, roll me a d20 as you walk back to the tavern. Roll to 17. You see... On your way back into town, you see a burly-looking dog with big shoulders. It is an English bull mastiff. In the Brantwood Manor garden. Can we take him with us? Sure. Alright, we'll take him with us. With an animal friendship. Okay. You're gonna have to do a thing. I have four dots. Didn't you use a healing thing? That's what it says. So, okay, so you have a spell left still. You have four dots? So I only have two. How do you have four dots? No, the dots are filled in. You have two dots that aren't filled in. We can charm the animal. So you have one, because you used one earlier. But you have one, so you're good. Go ahead and roll me a d20. Yeah. 20! 20. What? Really? Yeah, well, um... So, you go to approach this this big English bulldog. He starts wagging his tail immediately and jumps up on you uh, and s- do you do you kneel down? And he starts licking your face. Uh, and I have a page number. Just a second. Am I in the right book? I am in the right book. And as you investigate his collar, he, you can't... You said you call him Josh? Bull? Joff? You can't call him Joff, because his name is on his collar, and it says Bull. Yeah. There's a Bull Mastiff named Bull. I like Joff better, but I needed something that wasn't Joff, so it's Bull. 
And you will find the English Bull Mastiff on page 332 of the Monster Manual. I'm getting ready for the party. Okay. So, your, uh, this, this Mastiff is a medium beast with an unaligned alignment. Uh, no, I think you just can't get one over a challenge rating of something. Do you want to write it down on your thing? You only get to keep him for a day, though. But he'll stay with you for a day unless you charm him again tomorrow. Yeah, but you've got 24 hours, so, like, it won't have to be until the evening for you to do it. He's got an armor class of 12. Does he work on command? He's got five hit points. He's got a movement speed of 40. Strength is uh, plus one. Dexterity is plus two. Constitution is plus one. Intelligence is minus four. Wisdom is plus one. And charisma is minus two. So he's not very pretty. Nope. Uh, he doesn't need a plus three perception bonus. Uh, and he has advantage on smell checks. Or hearing checks. As long as Tiffany has him char- charmed, I think she has a psychic link with him. Could you have to be? Mastiffs are impressive hounds, prized by humanoids for their loyalty and keen senses. Mastiffs can be trained as guard dogs, hunting guard dogs, war dogs. Halflings and other small humanoids can ride them as mounts. <laughs> Here, let me let me share this picture. You see a mastiff with a saddle on. Now that Asharis is done being a pain in my backside for 24 hours, um, you guys head back to the tavern and get on with your merrymaking. Now, yes, you head back to the Snuggly Duckling where there is a party already ongoing uh, in your honor. Because you were there earlier. You guys can bed down for the night whenever you want. You can stay up and drink however late as you want. You don't feel like anything bad is going to happen to you in town because, like, you've taken care of the bad things. B-U-L-L, Bull. It's a mastiff named Bull. Yes, it is. And you found it uh, in the gardens of Lord Reginald with the collar on that says Bull. Yeah. Maybe because they can be trained as hunting dogs. You might think that maybe it's one of the hunting dogs from the manor house. But that doesn't matter. He loves you right now. He's he's following you right into the tavern because this is olden times and who cares? Uh, there is no health code violations to worry about. So you guys have some downtime uh, with the evening. You can party. You can do whatever you want. Like Merlin, you can return. You can read some more of the, the journals to find out anything else you might want to find out about the history between the two families. I mean, you already know that they're fighting with each other. You could. You have a medicine kit? Is that what it is? Or an herbalist's pouch or something? So, the way that that works is you have to use so many hours, and you can actually create health potions. I think it takes, like, five hours so over the course of two nights rest, so like if you took two hours in the evening, you could work on a potion, and then the next day you could finish the potion so that you can create potions without having to spend money. I couldn't really find any real rules about what you need to collect, but if you wanted to just put the time in and say that I spend my night working on a potion, then we can assume during the course of the day that you were gathering the components for it. And you can just create one with time. There's other things that wizards can do. 
uh, that require time, so time is a precious commodity for wizards if we're paying attention to it. So I wanted to put that out there that basically once an evening or in the evening you can choose to do something. You can either transcribe things into your spell book, which you'll learn about later, or you could be working on uh, health potions because you have the herbalism kit and proficiency with using it, or medicinal kit or whatever it's called. So th- saving throw is like say Asharis had to make a Constitution saving throw earlier because the Spectre hit her. And a little bit of inside the monster manual, if you hadn't rolled higher than a 10, your maximum hit points would have been reduced by 10 until you took a long rest. So a saving throw is when you roll that die to try and prevent an effect from happening. So in that case, it was going to reduce her maximum hit points because the uh, specter was literally draining the life from her. So she wouldn't have been able to recover those hit points. They would have just been lost for the rest of the day. So stuff like that. If you have to make an intelligent saving throw, so like something tries to invade your mind or something and it requires an intelligent saving throw, then you would get um, your proficiency bonus to your roll. So there's not super amount... There's not a massive amount of things for you guys to do in the evening. I'm going to assume that you're going to party it on in the tavern for a little while, drink a little bit, maybe spend some gold on some some uh, some rounds for uh, the people there. No, I'm sure you wouldn't. You're probably going to hide it in your room when you first get back to the to the tavern so that you're only carrying however much on you uh, around all the drunks. You don't have no hat. <laughs> you're going to spread it... Spread it all over your body. I have a better hat. I have a red cloak. She could have a hat. Have a hat. It's traveler's clothes. Have a hat. That's another thing you could spend your night doing, Merlin. You could be mending something. Something you find that's broken. You could be fixing that. Whatever. So, you guys uh, basically are going to wait around for this feast the next day. I don't want to necessarily just jump you into it, but I also kind of need a direction for you guys. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to use this sub-party to explain um, some of the other stuff that's going on that people were going to ask you the next day, since I said everybody's here already anyway. As you're partying, you run into a man, looks like a farmer. He's a little short, but he doesn't seem to be a um, uh, anything other than human. He's just a short human. Uh, and he says, Oi, I heard you, you lot, uh, is the, is the ones to talk to when, uh, when, when there's trouble afoot. Seeing as you, uh, dealt with that trouble down at the crypt, like it was no big deal. My cousin Thalmed, I haven't heard from him in two ten days now. He lives, uh, he, he's, he's a, a, a dwarf. Lives out, uh, in the cliffs with the other dwarfs, and I've heard... I've heard there's lots of dwarves leaving that area for some reason. I'm worried that something might have happened to him. Could uh, could you go check it out for me and, and let me know what's come of him? What's going on out there? Well, I'm 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 not much more than a than a humble farmer, but I, I might I might be able to scrabble together like like ten gold if you if you do it out of the kindness of your hearts. Since you're a little people, maybe you've got one of those little gold pieces that go on the end of. Oh, well, if you're looking for uh, for some fine craftsmen, well, that might be rewarding itself. My cousin Thalmed, he's one wicked artisan. Well, that's the trouble. He's missing. I don't know what's happened to him. 
We write back and forth all the time. But all of a sudden, two ten days ago, I just, there was no letter. Alright, is somebody, is somebody keeping track of, of the, what we'll call, quote unquote, the quest log? That's the quest. Go find Cousin Thalmad, who's missing from the Dwarven place. Dad probably write it down, because he's he's been pretty good about writing these things down. So the night will drone on a little bit, and kind of towards the end of the night, there'll be somebody come in who doesn't look like he's from town. He'll have on some traveler's clothes. He's got on a traveler's cloak. And when he when he opens the door and, and pulls back his... his, uh, his cowl from his, his cloak. He doesn't look particularly menacing. He's just a, a guy that wandered in. And he's going to go sit down at a, at the bar, because most of the tables are full, and everybody's busy. And he's going to kind of look around and he says, what's, what's all the, uh, the, the, what's the celebration here about? What's going on with you guys? This town seems to be everybody's here. So, hi, I'm well, crud, I didn't write down what my name is. I'm Jarvis. Who's the guy's name that we're looking for? Thalmed? Thalmed? And I don't remember what the name of the guy was who asked. Does anybody remember? No. Thalmed, yeah. Hey! Does anybody remember what the farmer's name was? Anybody want to help me come up with a name for the farmer? So I can think of his J names? Well, then it won't be Jay. What'll it be? Okay, Tom- Thompson does. Thompson. Farmer Thompson, cousin cousin of Thalmed. And y'all think it's a little bit weird that a human has a, a cousin who's a, who's a dwarf. But that's a thing. Jarvis says, hello, kind stranger. Uh, you were you were saying, what's going on here? Asharis and Merlin. Uh, we cleared the... Haunted crypt, if you would like to say that it was haunted. And now everybody's celebrating. Because we did a good deed. Wow, that's that's great news. And it's a shame that my tidings are so terrible then. My day was, was, was really rough. I, I run the trade caravan that runs between here and Gavil. And on, on my way back into town tonight... I was, my, my caravan was, uh, was beset upon by beasts. Uh, I don't know what got into them. It was like they were possessed by another worldly power. I, I barely made it out with my life. But, I mean, the trade caravan needs to travel that road. Otherwise, I mean, poor Brentwood will be cut off. You gotta be able to get in goods. I mean, we don't even have a blacksmith here in Brentwood. How will we, how will the farmers get their, um, their plows? You gotta have new plowheads from time to time. But it seems like my luck, my luck has turned to the better. If we've got some brave folks like you in town, maybe you'd be willing to, to set off back towards Gaville and help me get my caravan back. I ran away, barely escaped with my life. These vicious beasts on the road. Don't know, don't know what's got into them, but it seems like everywhere nowadays, everything's all chaotic. Uh, well, they're regular beasts of the forest, but they just seem so angry for no reason. 
Uh, there was there was definitely a couple wolves in there. It was really strange. There was I, I think I heard a bear. How do we even level up? <laughs> That's what we're doing. You play no. lots. <laughs> that is what you're doing. Would you like to go through leveling up? Oh well, then you could stay level two for a while. So I mean, if you if you have uh, if you have time and we can go recover my caravan, I I would be more than happy uh, to to uh, share some of the profits from the load that's on the caravan. Well, how about you other two? Uh, you think you'd be able to help me out? Or at least, at least, you know, after dealing with the other things, uh, you might come back and give me a hand. Okay. It wouldn't be more than a day's travel. I was almost into town. It's towards Gaville, which I'm going to assume is not in the same direction as uh, Aberdeen. Which is where the cliffs are. Which I had that written down here too, but I forgot to say it. What do you say, guys? You, want- you guys can kind of take take your time in town. You don't have to leave right away. You don't even have to go help this guy right away, even though the, the caravan, you know, got abandoned or whatever. You can stay in town for a couple days. You missed the part, Dad, where I was basically explaining this was gonna happen uh, at the feast the next day, so this wouldn't have happened until two days from now but I need to kind of know which direction I should prep for next week. So, what direction would you like to go in for next week? The options that I've kind of got laid out are, you can go towards Aberdeen to go find out what's going on with the dwarves. You can head out towards Gaville to recover the caravan that was uh, attacked by beasts in the forest for mysterious reasons. Or you can pursue how the cursed amulet came to be in in the crypt, uh, and also, uh, kind of along those same lines, you know that goblins are attacking the villages uh, in the realm of the family white. So, there's bound to be good adventure and work out by all them goblin raids. Agreed. Stay on the same track. I mean, no point taking off on another journey somewhere. I guess, and so, like, if we, if we can... I mean, we've been paid already, so we could quit and walk away. I mean, like, I would, but I have friends. Alright, so you guys are going to head out towards the town of White next week. Alright, so when I come back, I'm going to go over the things you did before you set out, and then you're going to set out, because I still have to do the, um, the feast. Aberdeen is uh, where the um, the dwarf dwarfs are on the cliff cliff face. Oh, I didn't realize that White had his own town. It's it's the family of White in the town of White. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, it's like Brentwood. It's just a nearby. Uh... So there's the Brentwood Manor in Brentwood of the family Brentwood, and then there's the. I'm actually probably going to say Castle White uh, in the town of White that is run by the family White. Keep things simple. That's what it sounded like y'all wanted to do. Head out for Castle White. Or at least the town of White. Whatever she's doing, so your dog can't fall right. Yeah, but it sounds like a dog breed. Exactly. Oh, she's drawing. Or like somebody filing their nails. 
Yay, she's carpet. Oh, it's the sound of a Sharpie on paper. I'm surprised you let her draw in Sharpie. That stuff gets everywhere. It goes right through paper. It's amazing. There's Sharpies. As you can see, yeah. Yep. Straight through the paper. What is it, actually? What are you drawing? What are you drawing, sweetie? A rabbit? No, it's like characters. Yeah. And I'm drawing a Pokemon. This is my drawing. <laughs> Your map. I'm all drawing. Yeah, it's got the, it's got the, the, the crypt right there. Nice. Take it, take it, take it over here. Now I gotta go to white. I didn't know I was white out of town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping I'm John. Alright, we're gonna get to tomorrow when John comes to the party, we're gonna, we're gonna take, take him aside for he wants to join us on, on our campaign. But I thought John left. He had to go to the party. I did, but he's coming to the party. Either way, it is No, he was taken away by the envoy. They left town, and you guys thought it was really weird that they left in the middle of the night. Alright. Tune in next week.